God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Dude, I got lost in the... Yeah, I took my kiddo to school, but then on the way back, I was like, oh, let me check in on They Might Be Giants. As let one me just does. check in. As one does. Let me check in and see what those guys are up to. Guess what they've been doing? Putting out a record pretty much every year for all of the 20s. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero, zeros. Which they had, what, they their heyday, they had some hits in the 90s. Is that the deal? They started putting out records in the 80s. Then they put out records in the 90s. Then they put out records in the aughts, and now they're putting out records in the teens. But they had a hit in the nineties, right? That would be and their... they just and they just put out a record this like a month ago. Well, once again, did they have a big hit in the nineties? Why do I know that name? What's their big song? Didn't they have well, like a hit or something? Were they on MTV? I mean, I don't know about any of that. I don't think they ever had a big hit. They had a big hit on television called Malcolm in the Middle theme song. Um, they also basically ran Disney. <laughs> they ran Disney. Well, I don't know if it was Disney, but they had a bunch of songs that were kids. Like they, I think they made a lot of money on TV theme songs and kids songs. But I just remember, I remember not liking them very much in the eighties and nineties. And then I heard a song on This American Life called Older which is one of my favorite songs. So I was like, let me listen to that song. So that's why I checked in with them. And then I was like, oh, they just put out a record this year. Let me check it out. And it's called, I can't remember the dream. Great title. And it's basically, he's saying like, I had this dream and it was wonderful, but I can't remember it. (laughs) All I can remember is everything that happens in my life. And my life is really sad. So I really wish I could remember that dream I had. So good, dude. Those guys are so fucking smart. When you hear something like that, you realize, again, I had this thing where I'm like, oh, I'm over everything. I'm over everything. But then you hear somebody smart and wonderful like that write something so cool, and you're like, no, I'm not. I'm just over all the bullshit. Yeah, it's nice to be surprised by something again. Well, there's so much good shit out there, but it's polluted by this swarm of a bullshit which is how it always was yeah but there i feel like there was less bullshit because there was just less stuff now there's so much stuff there's no gatekeepers for anything like bring back the gatekeepers i'm tired of this swarm of mediocrity the swarm of every tom dick and harry like, hey, here's what I have to say. GFY. <laughs> like, me- if you can't get if you can't get a job as a reporter, GFY. If you can't get a record contract, GFY. Dude, back in the day, if you couldn't get a record contract, guess what we heard from you? Zippity dip dap, go fuck yourself. Guess what? If you couldn't get a fucking record, if you couldn't get an AR guy to sign off on your shit, guess how many people heard about you? The three people in the club. GFY with your SoundCloud bullshit. Well, GFY. I think. Oh, you can't get a job for CBS as a fucking journalist? GFY with your flat earth bullshit. I'm tired of the swarm of fucking mediocrity and stupidity 
Bring back the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers let a lot of stupid shit in. I, I think journalism is different than art. And the, the flip side of your argument is we let these... Dude, I know A&R people. I worked with them. They don't know shit. So we're going to let them decide who gets to make art, who gets to have your shit heard. Yeah. Put all, put all, guess, guess, what we, guess what we had when we had those guys? Paul Simon. Guess what we had? The Beatles. Guess what we had? Yeah, but there was a swarm of mediocrity around all that. We just remember the good shit. The same thing's going to happen now. Dude, we had fucking Billy Ocean when we had A&R people. I mean, do we need to name all the shitty bands that have existed during the era of label gatekeepers? A million of them. We had Millie dude, Vanilli. How about that? How about Right Said was, Fred? That was, oh, dude, you're named two of my favorite bands of all okay, time. Okay, now you're just wanting to argue I'm about I'm too it. sexy for my shirt. Okay. Too sexy, it hurts. We have our Billie Eilishes. We have our Lana Del Rey's. Dude, those people have record contracts. I'm just saying, good shit's getting through too. I'm just saying, dude, I'm just tired of the windstorm of poop smell. I think there are probably a lot of great songwriters or bands that we never got to hear because they never all the right dots didn't get connected that don't have anything to do with how good the music is in the era of the big label, the major label, the A&R, the who, know, the who you knows, the Dude, muckety that's like mucks. Saying, that's like saying, look, kill all the pedophiles. Oh, but every once in a while somebody's going to get killed that wasn't really a pedophile. Great. I'll take it. Oh, boy. I'll take it, dude. I'll take a little bit of three people out of a billion not getting heard versus a billion people with their bullshit getting heard so that the three people that actually are good are like surrounded by the stink. I'm tired of being surrounded by the stink, dude. <laughs> I want some fresh air. Yeah. I understand your frustration. I, I get it. How about your boy, Ryan Adams? Oh boy, he's gone. He's gone quiet the last few days. Which, in the context of the last month, him going real quiet is actually really scary because he's not been real quiet, dude. That dude. Last thing that dude is ever going to do is kill himself. I don't too know. much of a narcissist. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's been looking as rough as it gets very publicly on Instagram live every night. And the number of people that watch it just keep getting lower and lower. I just watched the Gary Shandling documentary. I rewatched it too. And uh, there's a shot where he just shows up. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Yikes. Yeah. No, it's I mean, he was like, there was a time when he was producing Willie Nelson's records. Mm -hmm. There was a time when he was hanging out with all of the people because everybody was like, oh yeah, Ryan Adams, he's the great songwriter now. He's the new Tom Petty. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago. That was like 15 years ago. Yeah, he had a lot of artistic uh, cachet. Well. He was the cool dude. You you crack into this thing where it doesn't matter if people like your records. If, they're, if the idea of you is, a, is such that you know, you're a, the songwriter of a generation, blah, blah, blah. Then you're, let's talk about gatekeepers, talk about muckety mucks. All those doors open for you. The quality of your records don't matter. If the idea of you is such, that's all you need. That's the only ticket you need. Hence, Hans speaketh. 
Clivial with Clint Wells, Ham Speaketh Clint, Clinton Wells, and now Pray Tell, Pray Tell, Senor. Because guess who else is in some pictures about Gary Shandling? Pray Tell. Uh, Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> you know? It's like, you see that and you're like, ooh. Oh, is Harvey Weinstein on the Gary Shandling doc? Well, his partner, his management partner was Brad Gray, who was Gary Shanley's manager. Gary Shanling oh. was their first client. You know? Oh, okay. Well, shit. I mean, somebody, yeah. I, I know a guy who knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. Who knows a guy who does what? What, is, what does that mean? I'm just saying, like, yeah, so... Harvey Weinstein's partner was his manager or something. I'm just saying these people show up in these documentaries after they've had some sort of, you know, public fallout, right or wrong. You know, I, I don't think what Ryan Adams did is anywhere near what Harvey Weinstein did, but it's just interesting when they show up after things have transpired and you're like, oh, everyone knew Ryan Adams was an asshole. People just forgave it because he had a public cachet and they wanted to use him for their own image and period. Same thing with Harvey Weinstein. Everybody knew, but everybody wanted their fucking little movies to get made. So everyone looked the other way. Everyone knew Ryan Adams was a piece of shit, but he was cool. And that's, the, that's know, the story I of life. I didn't know he was a piece of shit. I just thought he was an okay songwriter who was getting way more attention than me. So I was like, fuck that guy. Well, I was a huge fan and I knew he was a piece of shit. I saw the shows where he had meltdowns. When I, this is when I was even like working professionally. I would watch the concerts as a fan where he would flip out. And then when I started working professionally and I had friends in his bands, they would tell me firsthand accounts of what a piece of shit he was. Well, I saw one show and I was like, I went there as a hater. He was opening up for, what's that chick that he dated for a second? Atlantis Morissette. That would have been so the, he, the gold tour. That would have been like 03, 04. Yeah, so he was opening up for her, and I went as a hater, because I was like, fuck this guy. I'm the dude, because I was the dude at the time in Austin. And I went, and uh, I thought he was, uh, I think he was like in a cast or something. I think he'd broken his foot, something weird. Mm -hmm. But I was like, ah, this guy's pretty charming. Like, he was pretty charming on stage, and he played that Take You Out, what's the song Come called? Come Pick Me Up. Come pick me up, which is a great song. And I was like, ah, this guy's pretty good. I'm not going to hate on this guy anymore. I mean, I'm not going to listen to his shit. Because what am I? Well. Listening to some dude's shit? Dude? No. That's not who I am. You filter much of your musical experience as a listener through your career as a performing songwriter. Yes, Printel. And let me have uh, Clint Wells. Clinton Wells, please speak us some more of thy wisdoms, please. If you hold my, please speak us the wisdoms of having lived 30-something years upon the planet. He has come up with some conclusions that he would like to share with us as an audience. We are spellbound with his takes on the the situation. So please, if you would, let us have it right there. I've worked with a lot of artists. Here's what artists are like. They don't like anyone more famous than them, and they will find any reason to hate their work. 
and yes. they love you, championing they champion artists that will never be as famous as them and call them geniuses because it yes. makes them feel safe yes for instance may we put on the docket a first exemplar author and punisher with the van tool I can't author and Punisher. They might uh, be giants. The list is the list goes on. Daikint is exemplary number two or those for our Spanish speaking uh, friends on the pod. And exemplary number three. Yeah, fuck tool. They, author and Punisher are the geniuses. They might be giants. <laughs> they might be giants. No, dude. Hey, hey. I'm not saying author and Punisher is better than tool. I like Tool. I'm a fan. You know that. I'm a fan of Tool. I listen to it. I listen to their music. I've listened to it for hours. If you added it all up, it's hours of me listening to Tool and having a good time in my car. Mm -hmm. How much have I listened to Author and Punisher since I saw him? Zero. It's funny. I haven't listened. I haven't listened to five minutes. Of I was telling Ethan about Author and Punisher and about like you had such a visceral response to him because it was just something you you hadn't heard before. And I was like, man, I wonder what his record sounds like. And we pulled it up in the car. We were on a road trip. It's hard to listen to, man. It's yeah, intense. Yeah. Nobody's going to listen to that shit. It's like going to see a, what are you going to listen to a haunted house? No, you'll <laughs> go to a haunted house and, and get scared and go, wow, that was amazing. You're not going to go put it on your in your car. Not for fun, no. No, not for any reason. He is called author and punisher. Yeah. I guess, I don't know. Maybe young, angry kids listen to it. I mean, I used to listen to some shit that I would never listen to now when I was like 18 to 22. There was a lot of like noise garbage. Like, yeah, like noise rock stuff. Noise rock. I And I used to listen to like these super speed punk bands like The Descendants and like Agnostic Front. And Wow. I can't even think of any of the names, but when I was in El Paso, I... And going to college at UTEP, I used to go to this place called Sound Seas, which was <laughs> basically a barn next to a pig farm. So it stunk. And it was just like a dirt floor barn. They would have these punk bands that were on tour show up there and you would just go there and they would play and you would just get onto this dirt floor and go around in circles and kind of slam dance. It was real violent <laughs> and sketchy. But that's what we did because we were like 18 and 19. We weren't getting laid. We didn't have any money. Um, like maybe if I slam dance hard enough with these dudes, my penis will slide in no, somewhere. It's not. It's not. No, there's nothing sexual about it. It was more just like just your, when you're that age, you're so full of testosterone. You're so full of energy. You know everything. But the world doesn't give a fuck, dude. And so you're just like. You're just full of piss and vinegar, man. And you're just like, fuck it. And so that kind of music just taps into that energy reserve that you have. And and part of being a young man is like testing out your strength and your power. And you can do that with some other dudes who are also in the same position. And you're like, yeah, let's fucking throw our weight around and see what that, oh, that feels good. Oh, this speed fucking anger music. Oh, yeah. Now let's I'm do a, it. Dude, it's all in. It's not. Dude, it's not a sexual thing. Now let's thing. do it with our pants off. <laughs> and it's yeah. I mean, maybe there maybe there are some dudes that do that. Maybe there is some sexual stuff in it, but for me it was just like this energy that I just 
really dug and was really into, but I'm just not into that now. I mean, now I'm like into really mellow and beautiful or sublime. I'm telling you, dude, listening to They Might Be Giants was making me very happy. Their new album I was looking at is called Book, <laughs> which I like. It's just called Book. No, There Might Be Giants just put out a thing, a, a single called, I can't remember the dream. Yeah, the album's called Book. Okay, okay. Which I think is a funny title. Before they put out twenty albums, dude, they put out an album almost every year for the last thirty years. They put out more albums. Maybe they put out like twenty full-length albums, and then they put out a bunch of EPs and singles and stuff. Yeah, know. there's like a so there's twenty. It says there are twenty-two studio albums since nineteen eighty-six. That's a lot. That's a lot. And it's all, and it's like, none of it's like, like I write like 99% love songs and then 1% something else there. Those guys are 99% weird, strange, intellectual, weird stuff, but it's great. My favorite song of theirs is called older. Do you know that song? I don't. You're older now, you're older now, you're older now, you're older now, you're older than you've ever been, and now you're older still. Hmm. It's pretty good. Is it a kid's song? Yeah, if you're an adult. It's, a, it's, it's adult music for adult children. Oh, well, that's... Listen to it. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, an, it's a beautiful song. Like, the, the, the music and the lyrics are really incredible together. It's very ominous and stark and beautiful it's on the two it's on the record that came out in 2001 same year that fucking lonely land came out i love the band name they might be giants i don't know if the record's a masterpiece because i've only listened to that one song but i'm going to at some point over the next couple days listen to that record and a bunch of their music until i get tired of it how long do you think that'll take i don't know it'll take as long as as long as there's good songs, I'll I'll never stop listening. I only stop listening when the song starts sucking. Do you ever find a song that's like, well, that's a good song. No reason to stop listening to that song. And then you listen to that song multiple times. Dude, here's what I know. If I came across Bob Schneider and I wasn't me, and I started listening to my albums, I'd be like, who is this B.D.? E-M-F. Because I'd be like, how is this guy writing this many good songs and I've never heard of them? I mean, I've heard of them vaguely, but how how did he fill up all his records with all these good songs? Mm-hmm. Like, I would not stop listening to it. I'd be just like, what the fuck? I'd be confused and confounded. Because hmm. there's a lot of great songs in my records. With one exception, Burn and Proof. That, that record's not that great. But there's even on that record, there's like three or four good songs. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Hmm. And there's a bunch of bullshit on that record. Thus speaketh the exemplar for this story is the record. One of, of them except for Burn and Proof. One of the train wreck live streams that Ryan Adams was doing while completely wasted as he was re-recording his album gold like an acoustic version and like every song he did he was like this song sucks 
This song is complete bullshit. I hate this song. <laughs> it was interesting to watch. And of course, all the people commenting are like, those are some of our favorite songs ever. That really is a bummer that you don't like those songs because we really like them. Well, the, the the thing that I, I don't know why I was listening to some Ryan Adams. Oh, I think it came up on my Discover Weekly or something on Spotify. Dude, do you have Spotify? No. Well, so there's this thing called Discover Weekly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, anyways, it, it I basically. I can imagine they, what it is. It's a playlist that they put together with you in mind. Yeah. It's they got take, your they picture take, on it. They take what you listen to. They They study what your patterns are and they make a thing for you. Dude, every once in a while, they'll put a Discover Weekly together for me where they're just like, what we're going to do is we're going to take all the songs that sounds like basically that are the equivalent to somebody taking a shit on a paper plate. And we're going to serve it up to you fucking hot. And dude, it'll be just one shitty song after another. I'm like, what are you guys fucking doing? It's all deep cuts of bullshit. Like they might as well just call it discover everything you hate about music weekly. Mm-hmm. Here you go. But every once in a while they'll put, I mean, I'll, I'll find something really amazing. Anyways, I think there was some Ryan Adams. Well, what on was one it? of those. I don't remember, but it was something on, uh, it was something on the record where he's smoking the cigarette. What's that? One? Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. And it was not a very good song. Yeah. And I was like, I mean, here's the thing about him. I think he's a good songwriter. I think uh, I don't think there's many bad songs on his records. I don't think there's any songs that are just terrible. Like I, I feel like Paul Simon's probably got more shitty songs than Ryan Adams has on his records. I just don't think that the number of great songs is that impressive when it comes to him. I think every record's got one or two great songs, and then the rest are all pretty good. Whereas my records, they're all pretty great. Yeah, your listening experience of him, you can't really separate it from your own work. Yeah, I have to compare myself to him. Right. And he comes up a little bit short. As all of our listeners know, all of our listeners know that. And they're all agreeing with, they're all like this at home, like fucking bobbleheads, like, mm mm-hmm. I think yeah, the new Bobby. thing. I think the oh, new yeah, thing Bobby. we've learned in this episode is that I think you might be a little obsessed with Ryan Adams. Yeah, in how he doesn't compare to me. Hope he doesn't ever hear this episode, because even though I'm talking shit about him, I still want him to like me and be my friend. He'll be your friend, dude. He's short. He's short on friends. He's looking for a friend. I'll be his friend. It does remind me of another dude. Songwriter. I fucking spent hours on this podcast defending his ass. Yeah, you might be his last friend. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't strike me as. I don't know though. He's one of those guys. He, he's one of those guys. I feel like can be very charming when he wants to be. Like he's just a, he's kind of a charmer, but he's also, unfortunately he's full of shit. And I think that's really the person that, that, uh, that affects the most is him himself, unfortunately. Like if he could just cut through all the bullshit and get to some real truth about himself and the world, like 
come clean, like come out to the world and go, Hey, yeah, I've been a fucking asshole. I've been out of my mind, narcissist, drunk, you know, fucking creep. The world would fucking accept him if he did that. It is and if strange. they didn't fuck him, at least he could deal with himself. Which no, you, it, I that's think, really the final thing. I think the world does do better with that. The world really hates it when you, the world kind of hates half apologies and they hate it when you try to defend yourself. It just gets stinky. The world likes just like pure contrition. The world yeah. demands it. For sure. It's the only way through it. And he, he hasn't really been doing that, landing that. He's been doing those kind of like PR apologies and I'm going to go away and I've got a lot of, to learn and the truth matters. And when, and then he gets loaded on Instagram live and is like, fuck all this cancel culture shit. Fuck all you guys. This isn't fair. Well, I mean, I agree with him. I, I agree about a lot of it. I know you do. Um, but then at the same time, like why, why, why you want to look so bad, son? Why you want to look so bad, son? Well, now he's, you know, now his whole deal is like, look, I've been telling you guys for years that I'm mentally ill. I have mental problems. I struggle oh, with, Jesus. I struggle with Meniere's disease, which is like an ear thing. And I struggle with substance abuse. And no. I've been saying this for years. You get, and now you guys are just seeing me, seeing what it looks like. No, like, that's, wow. that's some real bullshit too, man. Don't rely on, don't, 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 don't whip up a fucking cake filled with poop. And cover it with a little bit of icing and, and, and tell us that it's a chocolate layer surprise. Because it is a chocolate layer surprise, but not the kind we want. We want sweet treats. We don't want dookie. Mm-hmm. Right? The Clemplot number 17 of this podcast is the delicious poop layer cake. That uh, Mr. Snyder has proffered as one of the assemblers for his... Uh, proffering of how Mr. Adams could use a little bit more acceptance of the burden of his responsibility for his actions versus blaming it on the world and dare I say his mental incapacity and also his reliance on drugs and alcohol oh god damn it very nice and do you have anything more to add before we close the show Mr. Wells well we got about three and a half minutes before we we finish with our exemplary offerings on the world and all that last drama that is do you have anything to proffer? So, any it, more exemplars? It does remind me of a songwriter who I won't name that you know that I've toured with, who would just for hours go on and on about Ryan Adams, and they they I guess they shared a manager for a year, and his career went this way, and Ryan Adams' career took off, and I would just have to sit there and listen to this person's fucking Ryan Adams neurosis for hours. Dude, I don't think about Ryan Adams at all. Yeah, we we can tell. I don't. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dude, the only time I've thought about Ryan Adams is on this podcast when they wrote that hit piece on him. And then you'll bring him up or you'll send me a I didn't bring him text. up today. 
I send, yeah, you know what? I think of you when things were like with him happen now, because I associate, I think you think about him. I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. Okay. Well, I believe you. I take I think about, it. I think about other things, but I mean, I can talk about anything. Mm-hmm. I can talk about Ryan Adams. Dude, I can start a Ryan Adams podcast, mm-hmm. never having listened to anything he's ever done, and never run out of things to say or talk about mm-hmm. concerning R.A. Because, got that bad, shitty brain. Got that bad, shitty brain. Thinks I'm always dying. Always coming up with worst case scenario. Glasses always half empty, even though it's almost full. Got that shitty, shitty brain. Every day is a walking nightmare. Gotta keep my brain from thinking. So I'm writing songs all the time. Coming up with bullshit off the top of my head. I'm okay, yo, okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. And uh, bringing the episode to the end with the final exemplar, the song, I Got a Bad Brain by Bob Schneider. Remember, you can go to patreon.com backslash IOK and sign up today. And you get lots of good stuff, but mainly you get to go to the Secret Weekly. You gotta go on a single incline. Yeah. You get to go on a single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>